Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for all future budding web devs and whatnot. Uh, my name is Ed Mann, and I am today joined by the one, the only, Michael Budd. Oh, thank you. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Wow, I bigged you up there, and you just... I'm not used to being on this end of it, but yeah, carry on. Sorry. Wow. Uh, and the glorious, presumptuous, too mean, keep them keen, Lewis Keynes. Hang on, Presumptu- presumptuous. presumptuous. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I've no idea. It, it sounds like you say presumptuous because presumptuous. I said presumptuous before. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I know all I thought was it worked with that link, that rhyme that I was uh, spraying. Let's stick with it. I, I'm not yeah. presumptuous. I don't presume anything. More, do, more promiscuous. I'd say. Promiscuous. Yeah, oh, Lewis Cage. <laughs> How are you doing, Lou? I'm very good. Very good. I've had a, had a nice, pleasant weekend and having a nice, lazy Sunday. And uh, yeah, I think the Sunday podcast recordings are, are a good thing now. I can I think see we're all just fresh for them. I can, yeah, absolutely. I can see by the uh, video chat that you've got a uh, beard growing. I do. Yeah, Movember, in regard to has... Movember, absolutely, it's going well. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I think I may I may tweet a picture because I actually do have something to show this year. I've I've grown more in two weeks than I did in a whole month last year. And last year, I don't remember any beard appearing at any point at all. So, uh, yeah, this is cool. Nice. This is exciting. And uh, my mum said I look very dashing. So that was nice. You do? You do? You look, you look great. Can I just say... Thank I, you. I don't say it's the wrong way, but I just kind of thought you would probably be the kind of guy who that would be like a month's growth. But that's obviously come across pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah, two weeks. No, no one's more surprised than me. Is that like a back-added compliment? I, I don't know. Like the way that Probably was not. No, because most people have no. said the same thing to me, and I don't think they're being complimentary when they say that. <laughs> no, no, so. it, it was a compliment, yeah. I just, like, for you me, don't I pay can... me compliments, just very, very painful questions. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I would have <laughs> that. Like, if I shaved in the morning, I would have that by about lunchtime. Really? Uh, well, I know. Are you kidding? Well, yeah. oh, well not, not on your quite. head. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, oh. This podcast has just turned into gun territory. Um, yeah. I don't even know what that means. But anyway, so Lou, yeah, what's your week like? It's saying some weird stuff already this week. I am. Be I have no idea. I, 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 you know, I'm headlining the show. This makes no sense. I'm not headlining it. Wow. Headlining. This, this no, is going downhill from here. Uh, yeah. So Lou, how has your week been? My week's been very, very good. I'm I'm back to working from home now, actually. The, uh, the oh, really? internet place in our in our studio has been rubbish which obviously isn't ideal for a website developer and we're moving offices some point in the next few weeks and they've basically said to uh to work from home until then so that i've got another couple of impending deadlines coming up and bits and bobs so oh, yeah so it's nice full time at home then pretty much at the moment well yeah the, the understanding is is that i'm at home until they tell me i need to come into the office Brilliant. so um they can they can email all the PSDs and stuff and things that I need. So yeah, no, it's fine. It's it's good. I I actually really like working from home. Just, how how do nice. you um find like so? Because how do you like keep in contact with them? Is it over Skype or HipChat or something like that? Yeah, Skype and emails and text messages, whatever. Really, my boss gave me a couple of calls on Friday. You know, it's it's. I don't understand why why more web web devs aren't just allowed to work from home. To be honest, I mean, once they're given a brief and they've got the stuff they need to get rolling, do they do they always need to be in the office? 
Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of like picking. I mean, I think Mickey, your your company's got it right, where it's three days working from home and then it's two days in the office. You know what? I've been really controversial now and say I don't You're think it's something about my beard right. again, aren't you? <laughs> I don't think it's real. No, um, oh, I, I, you know what? If I have my choice now, I'd work in the office five days a week. No, really. <laughs> Wow! No, yeah. no, no, that's it's no, nice to have. That's interesting. I mean, that, I, we're, we're falling out this week, Mick, already, and it's not good. We're going to make yourself backhanded compliments and this. So, what's the reason why, Mick? You've got to back this up. Um, well, because okay, say you're working on a project that's like three or four developers working on, or what, designer, pro, um, project manager, and then you're communicating via Skype, and it's like typing away, and then you wait for the response, and it's like. Oh, Okay, do I carry on my work while I'm waiting for a response, or do I wait in case I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing? That's so frustrating. And okay, you you could pick up the phone, but no, I but I, I, I can I just, understand that actually. It's more that kind of you can just stand up, walk to their desk, get their full undivided attention almost. Whereas Skype is like like any IM, like any even a phone call. People are doing other things while they're talking to you. At least if you know what the actual thing is when you're standing face to face. I guess I would say I, I do completely agree with work from home. I think it's brilliant, but do it like, don't say, oh, okay, you're going to do Tuesday and Thursday from home. Do it on the day where you know that like you've got so much you can crack on with. I just say to people, I'm not going to be contactable while I'm doing this stuff, you know? Um, no, that, that's a really open point. I mean, that's a really interesting point because you've, you've experienced, it's almost a year now, isn't it, that you've been working from home? Like, we're not working uh, from year, home, but year having a this, year and a half. Wow, time has flown. Yeah. Um, and plus I did a little bit at my uh, our previous place. Yeah, so, um, um, yeah. I mean, and, and I suppose it's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like saying actually for fixed days probably isn't the best way of doing it because, you know, you're going to then have that day off. Maybe that day is the one day that you should be talking to these people about a certain thing. No, that's, yeah. that's, that is an interesting thing. I mean, I do like the idea of uh, rolling out of bed. Well, you, you, you did work from home for quite well until you started where you are now. You were working from home for full time for quite yeah. a long stretch, weren't you, Ed? Yeah. Oh, no, this is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do like uh, working from home. Um, but well, especially now I would like it because of, you know, I mean, the commuting to London is okay and stuff, but it would be nice to kind of mix it up a little bit. But I think I can understand where people come from, where it's like, you know, you need to be around for people, um, because, you know, nothing does beat the face to face, you know, conversation. Whereas, Mm. you know, they can word an email, they could talk over Skype or something, but sometimes your point doesn't come across, um, you know, or, or you don't explain it correctly. You can actually feel if the conversation's going the right way, if the person's understanding, what, getting what you actually mean and stuff. Um, so I can, I could definitely appreciate that. I, I think there is sometimes though when it's nice just to work from home and kind of at the. I think it, I think it's almost like uh, the break, isn't it? You know, like maybe that one day a week you can play. Like, okay, well I know I've got all this stuff to do. I'll do it that day instead of saying I'm always at home these three days and then two days I'm in that office at that time. I don't know if Mickey, if that's the way you feel. Like it's yeah. like as per basis instead of. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, and I just honestly think, and I know, like Lou, I spoke to you about this, like, or I think you said in the last podcast that you had like a period of three days where you hadn't left the house or something. Oh, uh, I guess yeah. if you're working <laughs> in an office, like you can't do that, and I think like uh, or Ed, you always used to tell me this when we worked together, like you used to say get out at lunchtime to get some fresh air, and for a long time I didn't, and then you persuaded me, but. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that that can get that's, a bit unhealthy, I guess. Took myself out on a Forrest Gump-style run Wednesday night. 
Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Way. I enjoyed the WhatsApp, <laughs> where am I? And I, I couldn't believe I actually got the place where I had no idea what you thought. I just saw a hair. I'm like, it's the hair. <laughs> it's definitely the hair. Could yeah, tell you seven miles, though, man. You went for, well, that was like your first run in a while, or? Yeah, well, run is the loose term. I, I ran some of it. Okay. <laughs> It's, right. it's weird. I, I, I don't know that running, obviously, that you need to be in a certain physical shape, but mentally, I think as well to like when, when I run the first point where I start getting out of breath or things start hurting or something, I'm like, ah, oh, I better take a bit of a break rather than just kind of trying to push through that barrier and, uh, and crack yeah. on with it. I managed to do that a couple of times, but I, um, it's actually much harder if you stop and start again. It's much harder. Yeah. Your I, to I take. noticed that. If anything, yeah, yeah. It was more pain. My, my legs were more painful when I wasn't running than when I was. I managed to run most of the way, sort of halfway there, but on yeah. the way back, I, I just wasn't. My my Any... hips started to. I sound like a right old man here, but my hips and my knees started to hurt, and just where I'm not used to it, it's seven miles. I mean, there's people that run marathons in two hours and stuff. Hey, and it's all that growing the puts beard. Puts a bit of shame, you know, really. Are they growing beards at that time? No, they're not. You know, your body uh, can only do one thing at once. Can I just say because it's a big single mistake process. I made. We've got a single process going there. <laughs> yeah. Single threaded. Did you have proper running footwear? Uh, trainers. Uh, uh, so that's why you're getting the pain in your knees and stuff. Like you have to get running trainers, like proper special ones. And oh, really? So important, man. Yeah, honestly, and they're not that expensive. I got mine for like thirty-five or something, and because I was getting pain all over, and I, I, I know someone else who I work with who was doing the same thing, and they got the same pain. But yeah, get the running trainers, and you'll be fine. What do they actually do then? What's what's the the idea of them? Are they just really light? Yeah, obviously they've got a lot more padding on the sole. It's not just the padding, actually. That's a common myth, actually. But it's to do with like the... uh, The weight position. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The the shaping and stuff. So um, Isn't it? I've heard that because I I used to do quite a bit of jogging. Like jogging is actually bad for you in a sense, like because running on the ground, like it's better to run on grass and... Correct. Yeah, because yeah. you're running on tarmac, like it's the pressure on your joints, knee joints. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't do exercise, and guys. I think I think that's what the pod, the verdict is. Exercise is bad for you. Yeah, program, program, program. program. Yeah, it's a web podcast, yeah. so we're talking about running. So hey, uh, I think actually, sign really, us hey, up, Nike. It goes, yeah, sign us up, yeah, Nike, we, we, whatever, we Adidas. <laughs> how how is your guys' yeah. weeks at work been anyway? Anything exciting occurred for either of you? Go for it, Mick. You. Yeah, well, I haven't really got anything, so you go and I'll oh. think I've got anything. <laughs> uh, what have I done this week? I, I, it's pretty much similar to last week, you know, working on the Swift stuff and like that, stuff like that. Um, really, I mean, I've got quite a few things to talk about to this week, kind of news-related stuff. Uh, one of the ones, actually, I would like to talk about now um, is the PHP blog uh, article. Well, in the PHP world, but the blog article came out about alcoholics. Are we? I did not see this. Ah, right. So, uh, let me send it to you. I saw so Jeffrey Way put a thing on Twitter about conferences and the alcohol yeah, culture. Yeah, kind of like the alcohol culture at conferences. Um, I'm, I'm drinking a Cronenberg at the moment, so I, feel, I don't know if I should <laughs> how qualified well, I, I think, am. I think it's um, quite we're recording at three in the morning. So, three in the morning. Yeah, I think it's quite an interesting one because I think even our <laughs> podcast, we're kind of... Obviously, what you do if you're in, in a crowd together, you know, a community together, you know, you're a bit nervous... Having a drink is a good thing, kind of, well, I say good thing in quotes. It's a thing you do, except, you know, to calm you down and stuff like that. And I think this guy kind of wrote a blog article, uh, I'll put it in the show notes, that said, you know, are we, I don't know really what it was. It was more like, are we kind of pushing towards having, you know, alcoholism 
And I thought it was quite extreme in what he was saying. Oh, yeah, like, I don't know, even know why that subject's being brought into it. You know, yeah, it's and like in PHP, coding websites and stuff. Yeah, I think, well, only because of, uh, you know, if you go to these like meetups and you go to these, you know, conferences and stuff, kind of there is now cold culture of getting drunk and whatnot. Um, I don't think that's unique to just web stuff. No, though, like, that, that's what I was thinking as well. I think it's to anything. If you've got a, a boat... Go and play, get, play golf competitions afterwards. You go back and you have a drink in the bar and you talk about your round. It's not about getting smashed afterwards. It's just a nice, relaxed, kind of informal atmosphere to talk about stuff. But, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting that this article... And it did make the rounds and it did kind of spark up quite a bit of conversation. Um, and I was yeah. quite surprised by it, really, because I think it's more of a... I think it's more of a social thing, like in the world, not just a PHP thing. I don't think PHP, you know, the the PHP world has only this problem. I think it's... I must have, it did make me think when when Jeffrey Ray wrote that. I was like, crikey, what happens? At, what actually goes on at these conferences? Then, like, are they dancing on tables, smashing windows at three o'clock in the morning, or something like that? <laughs> PHP has has something actually happened that someone someone's obviously got genuine concerns about this, but. Is it based on something that's actually happened, or is it just just the general alcohol perception thing? Or I think one of the things they did mention, because uh, I, I, I trawled through the like the uh, the Reddit comments and stuff, was that a lot of free gifts are alcohol and stuff like that, and you know there'll be an open bar oh, really? and stuff. Yeah, so the emphasis is to drink quite a bit, um, and that oh, is right. bad. Like yeah. I think I think that yeah, is bad. I think I think people want to do what they want to do, uh, but put in kind of emphasizing the fact is not good yeah i completely um, agree with that yeah. i mean that's yeah that's unusual i didn't realize that was i don't see what what the need is you know the the learning and the conference and the discussions you know that's the priority in you know any freebies and things like that you'd like to think would be based around yeah i know, mean i think some of them they said some of them yeah some of them said i mean that's what some of them said were you know some of the freebies that they've seen in the past i guess like um well spoiler alert but your idea about having like our respective other hearts like doing the podcast yes. talk about what it's like being with a developer and I think you're spot on and we are definitely a unique type of people I guess in the fact that it's very hard for us to leave our work at work in the sense that if you've got a problem and it's unresolved I don't know about you guys but I hate that yeah. and I, I yeah, would absolutely. think about it all evening and I'll probably dream about it to be honest with you and and I know Probably I'm not the easiest person to live with or work with at times, to be honest. And um, I guess if you, you've had a really tough week working on a project and then you go to a conference, what is the thing you're going to want to do? Well, okay, yeah, you want to go and learn, but you also want to just kill some brain cells, right? And just that, is, yeah, I mean, that a few is drinks. Yeah, I think, you know, I this think... is the thing. Like, you're, And you're meeting up with people who are like-minded. Um, you're nervous yeah. about meeting new people. Well, I think a lot of you know developers yeah, are socially anxious people. Um, yeah, and true. one way of dealing with that in in the community in general is to, in mean, society in general, is to kind of have a drink. So I think it's interesting. I think I think it is a very interesting conversation because it, you do see it sprawled over Twitter somewhat um, in people's Twitter feeds that they are. Well, it gets fun at yeah, in some cases it gets championed, doesn't it? Which it I'm does, sure doesn't yeah. help. It does, yeah. And, Always. You know, I think it it can lighten the mood, but also I think it discourages people maybe somewhat who aren't extreme drinkers and heavy drinkers. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know we talk about it on the podcast and stuff, but I wouldn't think we're, we're definitely not heavy drinkers. I mean, we're social drinkers in that, you know, we come, we, we meet up every once in a while, have a good old drink or two. Uh, but I suppose it's kind of championing it, you know, when we're saying, that, oh, we got drunk and stuff last time we met up and stuff. Does that, is that a bad thing to say? I think that was another thing on the comments, you know, to kind of, 
Yeah, maybe it is. I, I don't know. You know, I'm quite intrigued. My, my thoughts are, if, particularly if maybe if you've been a speaker at the event or you're an organiser or something like that, there may be somebody that's been in that conference or listening to whatever that wants to discuss something with you but isn't comfortable discussing it, you know, doesn't want to be the one that puts their hand up in class because they're nervous or whatever. If they then come up to you and decide to, to discuss a subject with you in the evening and you're absolutely smashed, then that's awful. You know, so I think, you know, people, the organisers and the speakers, are that you know, they're there for a reason to educate the people that are there. And, um, yeah, I think... No, that's I a very, good, a that is they, a very they, interesting scenario, that, yeah. Like, you know, that there is, you know, the predominantly why you're at a conference is to learn, um, you know, and to kind of... And, and to kind of socialise with your peers and stuff. But I do think there may be a bit of, well, some, I mean, there's yeah. anything though, frat mentality where, you know, it is to, you know, it's nice to have a drink and stuff. But I did think it was interesting. This blog post kind of really did kick up a storm. And I think it hurt people. It kind of annoyed people think, the wrong way and stuff. I think we definitely, yeah, get that in the, in the show notes and listeners to this show, but have a read of that and give us some feedback and we can... I think it's more of a social, I think maybe it's more, it's definitely more of a social thing than just a PHP thing, even bigger than that, yeah. a programming thing. I think definitely what Mickey, you were saying, like, you know, that we are very unique uh, people. Uh, I think it's passionate people. I think maybe that mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of the subclass yeah. or a superclass of us is that, you know, we do care a lot and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, anyway, yeah. sorry about that. I kind of went on a bit of a tangent there, but no, it was no, very no, interesting, interesting kind of, yeah. Very interesting point. Yeah. We'd be interested to, you know, it's obviously a, an active debate that's going on in the web community at the moment. So it'd be interesting to hear if anyone's got anything to say. You know, tweet us your opinions and stuff. Absolutely. I have something that I wouldn't run by you guys, but it'd be good to talk about on the podcast as well because maybe we can get some feedback on whether this would be a popular idea or not. But mm. obviously, uh, like I said to you guys before, uh, at the moment I'm doing kind of like catch-up classes on learning about Linux and Apache and all that kind of stuff and just all that kind of setup stuff I was wondering if that was the kind of thing we could actually do like a mini series on on like but just very very slowly and very simply like just talk about you know what is apt to get and just start from the beginning like with a you know a, a blank Linux install and trying then to start get people, to do that kind of stuff yeah trying absolutely to get yeah. using the command line that sort of thing yeah, definitely. Understand, yeah, understanding Unix, yeah, understanding Unix architecture, that would be awesome. I think that's a great yeah. idea. Because if we have got, like, uh, you know, people who are beginners listening, that probably something that terrifies them. And it's something that terrified me, to be honest. So, um, But if you break down the little steps and have a look at what it is, um, it's not that bad at all. It's not the monster that... In fact, you know, it's very, very it's helpful, up. useful, and it speeds you up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, is yeah, the, yeah. how is uni going, uh, Mickey B.? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I had a test this week, um, which I, uh, I was unprepared for, but I think it went okay. We'll, we'll soon find out. But, uh, that was all right. And, um, and the other one, which is the tricky one, which I spent most, most of my time, uh, like learning for and, and stuff, that one's going okay. And I've had a few breakthroughs with that where I'm starting to like really understand things now and not just regurgitate stuff, but actually understand it. So, that's really good um but yeah i found out like one of my assignments is actually from the work that we're doing in the classes so it's oh, like right. i was like oh just I'm so happy when the i heard pressure, that pressure. yeah exactly so uh i'm still you know behind on my reading probably but uh i'm gonna hopefully catch up this week and i've only got like what, five weeks till christmas so um yeah hopefully i'll get Do you there. manage to um to 
devise a, a decent way of managing your time now that everything's going on? Has it come through trial and error, or do you still just kind of um, have to go with the flow in it each day? Or a little bit, yeah. But I have kind of got a bit of a routine that I've kind of slipped into where it's just a case of getting home, spending bedtime with Toby, and then and then hitting the books really and doing stuff. So it is literally like, oh, I've got an hour free, I have to read. It's like I honestly hardly ever watch television. I hardly ever do anything other than uh, at the weekends. I'll try and catch up with friends and uh, spend time with them on, on a Saturday, and then make sure Sunday that I'm revising. I guess so. It's definitely the toughest probably six months of my life I've ever had, but also most rewarding. So I would say to anyone who's also thinking about it, do it. And uh, so, so you're thinking, have a kid, a kid, go to uni, and also get a brand new house that you need to work on in the same six months. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do all those things. Sold. Sold. You know, I, I'm just me. kind of a big believer in, you know, pushing your body to the limits sometimes. Be careful. Don't do it too much. But, you know, it's if it's rewarding and you can do it without breaking your health, then do it. That wasn't very clear, was it? But no, I, no, I know no, what you mean. No, I, we know what you it's mean. It's far better to do that than just sit on your backside and do nothing. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah you know, we, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is push your comfort limits and... Uh, See how you get off, but not for the sake you have. We want, if we want to go off on like the random tangent like that. That's one of the rigs I always, I always like David Blaine, the kind of things that he used to do, that kind of mentality, kind of yeah. things like that. I miss him. Is he still alive? I even want to say because I've never yeah, heard of him alive. in years. Like, <laughs> but just a little. Like, who yeah. would who would have ever thought up like deliberately like living in a plastic box Absolutely. for forty four days, being and buried and alive, and then people egging him because they're childish people. That's all I remember people doing. <laughs> but, I mean, like, those cool. things are obviously extraordinary, like physical challenges. But you just, you'd love to like know beyond that kind of how that how that's affected his whole outlook on life and things like that. Well, he must yeah, be one I, of the most. Mentally we should tough. get we should get a uh, what is it like an advertising um, you know plug from like Audible or something, and you can listen to uh, David Blaine's autobiography, you know, autobiography on Audible. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, David Blaine, I'm inviting you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want yeah. him. No, he's, he's not big enough. Lou, have you got? I heard you've got some stuff to talk about. So uh, I do have. A how few about you? Sp- yeah, spill I mean, the beans, sir. Well, spill we first of all, it would be uh, great to mention the very nice chap that got that sent us an email in the week. Oh yes, uh, Sean Sean yes. Townsend. Hi, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Uh, we're yeah. we're all oh, um, all absolutely chuffed to bits. To you know, it's we're, it's always brilliant when anyone takes the time to email into us and you know lets us know that they're yeah. enjoying the podcast. You know, it's 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 great for us to know that. But yeah, he. Um, he listened to last week. I was obviously talking about um, getting my feet wet with some of this responsive stuff, which uh, which has been pretty much the theme of my week and, and is going to be the theme of my next probably three or four weeks because most of my back-end work's done now, so it's all about the front-end kind of things. And, um, yeah, he said, hi, guys, trust all is going well. With Lewis doing much more front-end dev, he should have a look at Gulp, SAS, Compass, Breakpoint, and Susie. Susie is awesome as he's very flexible. I know... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh when I said that. Uh, I know Lewis likes to watch Tuts, um, so I sourced these for him to have a look at, and he sent he sent me a load of um, tutorial videos, and uh, I'll put them all in the show notes uh, for tonight. But yeah, um, spending all of today up to this point watching the Gulp tutorials that he sent me, and uh, have you guys used Gulp at all? I could guarantee you that if you were to uh, give yourself just maybe two or three hours to watch, certainly this tutorial series that I watch, because it's very, very good, that you'll realise, yeah. like, oh yeah, I need to be using this. All the uh, all the little trivial things that 
you know, using things like um, the command line for SAS and going into your directory and starting SAS up and then little things like that where you might be doing three or four different processes in the command line and stuff. You can just stick every single thing that you want to do into these gulp.js files. And I said the awesome thing about gulp is that it's very much a Unix philosophy, like the idea of piping things. Pipe is one of their, their like major methods and it seems to seems to do a whole bunch of cool stuff as well so i mean it, it does things like live reload i mean I, I can't believe that i haven't been using that along you know the whole time anyway but it's brilliant so that's that's another thing that's going into like all my projects literally from now just off the back of uh watching these things today but then yeah you could use it's like a bit like composer really you, you can you sort of write up this gulp file and you put all your configuration bits and bobs into there and then you just run the run the grunt command when you start working and it just does everything like it, what it can watch for changes in all your CSS files, and it can compile everything. It can compress images. It can it can do all sorts. And I've just already thinking ahead to a million things that that I've been doing quite sort of complicate. Com- oh, here's a here's a made up word. Complicatingly, Gulp will help. I mean, one example, you know, um, of making my own framework and stuff. Uh, a problem I had a while ago was that I've got certain bits that I want like in my main app directory which is kind of a completely separate repository to the rest of my projects but this is kind of the thing that I want to be available in each project whereas the website projects are the things that are kind of specific to each website that I'm making and um, I wanted to make sure that the asset files in those were available so all like my CSS style sheets and stuff but my my document route goes through the public directory so I was thinking right how can I get that code from there you know into the public directory nice and cleanly and and this is kind of one way that it will do that because it can it can just pipe the output straight from there and it can watch for it all. So I was doing it in a complicated way and that probably makes no sense what I just said, but I know what I meant. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I would Jimmy, definitely check that. Out. Yeah, gulp. Yeah, so yeah, that's a bit of a um a bit of a whistle stop kind of tour. But I'll certainly uh, put links to the tutorials that I've been watching. Leveluptouch.com. This is one I've never even heard of, but there's um a guy on there, Scott something, I think his name is that um that kind of does all these tutorials and they're, they're free again and you know he's um he he does it in the right way he does it in an engaging way and he's enthusiastic and stuff and makes the tutorials fun to watch so thank you very much sean for for getting in touch and all that and i'm uh, i'm certainly putting the things that you've sent me in, into practice so um yeah thank you very much again and then uh, i've got a tweet from another guy uh actually i wish i had the tweet up in front of me but we is were it, talking uh, last week can i ask, is it is it jimmy beryl Oh, yeah, I believe you got one as well, didn't you? Yes, and we also got one three days. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. He says, you know, he's just saying, combing through the show notes, following up on Nuggets in the latest episode. That is really nice of you, man. Um, yeah. It's, it's nice to know that people are thinking about the show that way. It's brilliant. I know. It's, it's kind of insane. Yeah, yeah. People actually listen to this. I thought it was just us and our girlfriends and then our parents. So, you know, <laughs> I was quite surprised that it reaches out to any more. So, you actually got Amy to listen to this? Uh, she has listened hey. to a couple of episodes, yes. And her... Um, hey. And yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And her brother-in-law actually is subscribed to it, which is quite funny because uh, wow. he's he's subscribed to it, um, and he's been unable to unsubscribe from it on his Android Good. phone. I'm going to say it's an Android Good. phone I because hope, I'm going to. I hope it. he's not viewing that as a problem. Uh, no, well, <laughs> actually, last night we were around the house, and he just started playing it, and it's kind of embarrassing when you're in a in a room full of people who aren't really into tech and web, and all they think is we actually just spend like an hour and a half talking about our lives which now i'm starting to think we actually do just we literally <laughs> this is our rant this yeah. is literally our little rant on the phone oh, 
It is. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Uh, I mean, she, it was funny because she was saying like, oh, you know, it's like literally you just ring each other up, you know? It's just like you having a little bit of banter on a Sunday evening and you record it and release it. And I'm like, actually, it kind of is. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Except now, you know, obviously on Skype, it's turning in that the audio is pretty awful. So, yeah. Yeah, sorry to anyone listening that we're having some issues tonight. Me and Mick keep talking over each other, which is unfortunate. No, they're doing it, it on purpose. They're doing it on purpose. Yeah, we <laughs> fell out at the beginning of the conversation, and to be honest, I'm questioning the rest of the friendship, but, you know, and we'll discuss that oh, later. Oh. Jeremy Carl, if you want to come on the podcast, sort this out. Jeremy Carl, my days. Yeah, bring it all out. Bring Jeremy out all the big Carl guns. David Blaze. Let's do this. Another, actually, I don't know if you guys saw it, actually, our discus comments. It was from Danny Weeks, and he wrote, I have been using Foundation uh, from Zurb as a front-end framework for just over a year, and it is near enough everything I need, even things uh, such as small as a classes to align text. Uh, really uh, good. I find it much better than Bootstrap. So actually, hey, if you guys are thinking about, you know, I, I have actually played around with a little bit of Zurb back in the day, but I haven't actually used it recently. So it may be a thing, like, we all assume Bootstrap is the way to go. Maybe give Zurb a try, you know? You never know. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I'm willing to. I mean, to it's that. great. Nice. I mean, comments from people is awesome. Yeah, ha- actually knowing that people actually listen to us is kind of pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie. So I'm sure we all feel the same way. Um, yeah. And on that, I mean, can, so, I, can I just digress very, very briefly to? Uh, it, we were talking about Jimmy, Jimmy Burrell. Yes. Oh, Burrell. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Jimmy. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name, but yeah, he. Um, I, I had a, he followed me on Twitter, and I had a quick that he um, he writes a very, very interesting blog, uh, concoctedlogic.com. Awesome. Well, so, we'll um, show notes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will do. He covers a whole bunch of uh, interesting topics in there. I see he hasn't written one for a little while, so hopefully it's still an active blog. But yeah, I just thought, you know, he's kind enough to get in touch with us and stuff. So give him a little plug. And uh, yeah, but but always, um, I said to him to to email his findings with the SSL certificates and uh, DigitalOcean and all that stuff. I'd be really interested to hear kind of how he got around it. I'm liking the look of Foundation. It looks really, really good, actually. That is the kind of tool that I would be looking for if I was to do a responsive site now. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, it, it, we all kind of are stuck in our ways and that bootstrap is everything. Um, you know, there are mm. other options out there and they do it in a different way. They have different mindsets. They have different idea philosophies behind them. Um, I think, I suppose we are probably the worst people to talk to about CSS in a sense because we're kind of so ingrained in the PHP world and yeah. back-end yeah. stuff. I'm trying to snap out of this, though. This is, You know, I've, I've had... One of my more sort of fun, rewarding weeks last week, you know, I've been embracing some stuff that's completely new, like properly learning about media queries and stuff like that. And it's been interesting. I, I really like kind of both sides of the fence. Front See, you are, out of all of us, I think you are mo- the most kind of like enjoy the polygot guy who enjoys both the back end stuff and the front end stuff. I know that Fraser's very much the front end. Fraser, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, but I think, you know, he, he would prefer the front end. You, you're kind of in between. And then me and Mickey, I'm, I'm, don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth here, but you know, we're kind of, I prefer the back end stuff and definitely, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and that kind. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I wish I enjoyed the front end more, but I, it just doesn't. It doesn't do the same thing for me. I enjoy a good algorithm and a good, you know, kind of you yeah. know, performance and boost and design patterns and all this funky stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. It's quite interesting yes. when I first got first got into this sort of naively, I just assume, you know, a web developer does everything. And um Well they did. I mean, now this is the thing. That the- they did. Yeah, they yeah. did. I mean did that was the thing. You know, you're part and parcel. I mean getting 
you know, a web developer. I mean, you do now actually get designers who are coders and they're called unicorns because, you know, they're very rare and far between. But because the fields have become so diverse and so much more complicated, it's very hard to find people that actually do both. Um, yeah. And um, because, you know, front ends are becoming more clever, back ends are becoming clever, more clever as well. And, and, and they're splitting out into their own things. It's very much two separate entities. Yeah, it's, it just yeah, seems, seems like kind of half a job. Like if you, if you do front, but not back. I know, I know obviously that they're both extremely highly skilled, you know, skills, high skill sets in their own right. So, you know, to try and be absolutely, an absolutely amazing front and back end developer probably isn't realistic. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think I, I do agree. I think the thing, it, it's very hard because I think there's like, it's weird that I think people with the web, they kind of get it misconstrued. Like there are, you know, building a website for someone, um, is can can be and i'm sure you guys will agree from the very simple kind of let's you know build a couple of static pages still and you do still find people that want that to a little bit more advanced where we have a cms involved um maybe the cms is a custom built cms uh you know bespoke in quotes um that's a nice marketing term that people seem to love chucking around bespoke god yeah that's bespoke. a massive web word isn't it yeah. <laughs> you know um <laughs> Off the shelf. So you stick bespoke. the word bespoke on your CV. Absolutely. That, it's that, bespoke. That instantly. Yeah, it's bespoken yeah. off the shelf. Um, uh, to let's build a whole e commerce system. And I think then people don't realize how much time has gone into all these platforms. I mean, we knock, you know, stuff like WordPress a lot. We knock stuff like Mag- uh, Magento. But they're huge, huge, huge systems that people think of now as just being cheap and easy to build even our own versions of them, which is quite scary. Um, and that's when you get the, the diverge of like, well, okay, so let me, let, let's define e-commerce. Okay. So you're saying you want an e-commerce system that is just a, you know, a site that may get like, say a couple of thousand, uh, buys, you know, a, a month, or are you looking at something that's Amazon? Now, could you think Amazon's just built by one person? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know, that kind of like people have a very misconstrued idea that, you know, an e-commerce platform, let, let's just use something, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, once one person can build me an e-commerce platform, but then would you, would you yeah. say, you know, the same kind of, you know, obviously, you know, they feel that, you know, it's the same as obviously George is now barking, which is making it lovely. Uh, <laughs> Is this your new dog? It's my new We're dog. We're up against it this evening. We're not up against Sorry, it. Sorry, segue yeah. again. George, yeah. 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 Lovely George. boy. Lovely dude. He is. He's awesome. Uh, but he, he likes barking George in, is a dog. in the middle of podcasts, you know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you said, Ed, to be honest with you. Um, definitely, I, I agree with what you said as well, Lou, and I've said this many times before, that, but you're right. that I don't think you can be an expert of both. Um, but I, I definitely, I can see the appeal of the front end, and personally... I think there's much more variety in, t- in terms of the tasks that you're doing. And even like the front end now, you could probably say, well, actually, front end is now too vague a term. Like, yeah, you could end up with I would plus one to that as well. CSS developers. But I, I saw that. I mean, I had a friend, obviously, who was looking at a job website the other day, and he saw a listing for a CSS developer. And I've not really seen that before. I've seen front end developer listing, I've seen back end developer listing, but I've not seen CSS developer. And that's probably the way it's going to go, actually. A, a JavaScript developer, or I, I don't know. Well, Maybe yeah, even hey, more just literally having, having like having like four team members, so like front end, like an HTML guy. Well, maybe not HTML, yeah. but HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, SQL. Yeah, I mean, this is it. I mean, you've got database administration. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, you've got 
I mean, you've got separations of concerns in a lot of already other places. I mean, the web has be- is becoming that complex. You you could have a team that is built of a guy who does markup, the HTML, the guy who does CSS, the yeah. guy that does JavaScript, front-end JavaScript, the guy who does back-end JavaScript. Because actually moving on, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, like Amazon had a big old uh, conference this, this week. I um, can't remember what the name was, but one of the things that actually uh, brought out, and I just put it in the Skype, was this thing called Lambda. Um, Amazon Web Services are amazing. And this the idea of Lambda is these, again, very much like a unit philosophy, a functional philosophy that you have a single stateless function. It is run via events, and it's written, you code currently in Node. So the, the, the code that's used in the, for this, this is at the moment only Node.js. Only JavaScript can be run in it. So... You know, I mean, that, that language has become so big. All it does is it, it runs based on an event being triggered. So say an image has been uploaded or, you know, maybe a message has been sent. It will then run this function and then it will do and it will do whatever it needs to do. It has its side effects and that's it and it will close. And, you know, it's stateless in the fact that it won't, you know, and you can chain these together. And this is what the unit's philosophy was back in the 1970s. I love the fact that we're all going back to the 1970s where Unix was made, where they, you know, the idea of the philosophy is that one thing that does one thing well, and that's it. And you compose them together to build bigger function, you know, bigger, more powerful, more specific you know, a- applications. And this is what Lambda does. That does yeah, look really yeah, nice. Absolutely. A very simple, I mean, it's a very trivial idea with image uploads, but you could do it with anything, really. I mean, a lot of what we do as programmers, you know, with things is event driven. Um, so it, that, that to me was a very interesting, I kind of segue in there, but the old JavaScript thing where, you know, node, you know, I mean, the idea of JavaScript on the server side has become as complex as JavaScript on the front end. I suppose yeah. it's no different to, to advertising for, a, for a Laravel developer or a Codeigniter developer, you know, they're all, but on front end, you know, this, yeah, I mean, I'm an Angular specialist. I mean, I think Angular is probably going to be one of the biggest, aren't they? It seems to be very, very popular. It is a very, po- I mean, you know, this is the thing. I mean, I am so... Uh, behind, I wouldn't say behind, but more. I keep, I try to keep as much abreast of all the front end stuff, but I know that that's not where my passion lies. I suppose, yeah. Like, mine does lie in the back end stuff, where I'm seeing like this lambda, and I'm seeing all these things we can do there. And you know, I think that's when it does turn into, you know, you need a group of developers, and then it turns into dealing with it. You know, dealing with a team. You know, and team dynamic. Um, in the web game, we've been very lucky that we are all kind of like one man bandits, you know, we are, oh, I can do it all. And you deal with your own self. But could you imagine like a team now of four people that are doing, working on something that's so entrenched with each other and then you have to deal with it all. Uh, that's a whole other ball game. That's managerial stuff. That's scary stuff. Uh, to segue in again, but, uh, Lou, you just mentioned the word coding nicer or the name coding yeah. nicer. And, uh, You'll be interested to know that University of Kent, when it teaches their students about NBC, they uh, use Codeigniter. Brilliant. Which, I'm yeah. behind that. I think that's a good idea. That's how I learned. I was surprised. I mean, uh, obviously, Ed's left at the convenient moment, but I was thinking, I imagine he would not be too impressed, but I don't know. But the question I was going to ask you is, because we spoke about this a little while ago, but obviously you were talking about Codeigniter has new owners. In fact, I've just gone to their homepage and just seen a uh, little alert message that comes up about it has new ownership and stuff. As what is happening? With it? Have you heard anything? What since then? Is it going to be? A, yeah, it's like, it's being it's being be... taken over, and I think they I think it's kind of quite going to be quite a big undertaking up towards the big release of Code Igniter three, I believe. Okay, but, but there's no change to the framework as yet, I guess. 
I don't think there are, no. Not that I'm aware of, but I'm, I'm not actively using it at the moment. But I, I, I have to say that when, when it comes to the point when, you know, I, I'll be very, very, very interested to see what they do with it and, you know, how, how kind of, how much they keep it within the original Code Igniter kind of vibe. And, you know, obviously yeah, they want to yeah. build it out and I'm, I'm assuming the new guys are going to want to try and compete with Laravel and Symphony and all the, uh, all the big players now. So I think, th- I think they've got a big task doing that, but, there, there is a very, very big coding night community still out there, you know. I, I'd still class myself as one of those because, you know, it's it's like an old flame, isn't it? You know, it's the first thing that I learned, and some of the some of the more exciting things I did from an early stage, you know, we're we're using coding night, so I, I'll always have an have an affection for it. And you guys used to use it as well. I mean, you you guys must you know have an interest in like what's going to happen with it, and I assume you'll both have a have a download and have a look when they whenever they bring out a new version. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm just on their homepage now, and it says Code Ignite, uh, Code Free is now available for download. Um, ah. I think it's like a, uh, I don't know, beta version or something, but, uh, yeah, it says few issues remain to be resolved, and it will not be released until those are put to bed. Version 3 is almost ready for prime time, uh, and many sites are actually using it in production already. Wow. So, that'd be really interesting to have a look at, so you'd see what that's like. Um, but the change has been so recent. I can't. I can't imagine they've done a massive amount with it yet. It depends what their intentions are with it. I mean, Ed, you'll know. You'll know the answers more more than me. Me and Mick probably will. But what were the like the people that are now using Laravel? What were the main sort of if you had to give like a top three of things that they didn't like about Codeigniter? Uh, I think. Well, or I things that tough. you didn't I mean, like. I think the thing is, is again, Laravel's not the only framework. I mean, Symphony, you know, and you know, for a PHP framework, is pretty much the. Are you underbelly. using that more now? Is that, is that your I mean, framework now? Symphony's more the, well, Symphony is the underbelly of Laravel. Yeah. you know, and I think the thing was, I think it was one of those frameworks that ne- I think the ownership of Ellis Labs was very much against. You know, they open sourced it, but they were running a commercial branch that you know they didn't want to affect. So anything that wasn't up to there. I mean, this is what we had Phil Sturgeon talking about, you know, where you know yeah. anything that they pushed that wouldn't go in guidelines with what they wanted from their commercial branch would, you know, obviously be re- revoked and rejected. So it kind of had a bit of a, you know, there was much, very much kind of a great, you know, a, a sandpaper kind of fet where it was going against the grain there. But you know, people wanted to push and make this framework, you know, more up to date, more relevant. Whereas they maybe wanted to make sure that their business entity was staying up to date and as as not up to date, but profitable really um so i think that was kind of one of the things i think one of the other things was the fact that they they persisted to say on five five point two or five one i think it was that they supported you know that you know the auto loading and stuff was wasn't there and i mean that's five three that's 2009 now i think and that's ridiculous um there's one of the things actually talking about is symphony the uh, new version of symphony they are discussing symphony three um and that you know uh one of the things that feb uh fab Fabian did say was, you know, what version of PHP should we support? And a lot of people on the, on the poll were saying 5.5. Five. Um, so, you know, people are moving up and up and up on their versions. I mean, Laravel uh, Laravel 4, uh, I don't know what 4.2, I think it is, supports, is, is only supported by 5.4 or greater because of its use of traits. There's a lot of work going into Laravel 5, actually, that I've seen. But I haven't really been involved. Like, because of, it's funny, because you, you kind of are invested in the framework that you're using at that time. Um, so yeah. you know, I was very heavily invested in Code Nights when I was using it, and then I'm very was very heavily invested when I was using Laravel, and now Symphony. So it, you keep up to date, you, you know, probably because it's the 
you know, it's it's the one that you're dealing with at that time. And, and there's so much work going on. I mean, it's great that the PHP community has got so much choice. I mean, let's not, you know, forget about like Cake PHP 3, you know, that, I mean, actually saying that they've actually got their own podcast now, which uh, I hope we, uh, I feel that maybe we've helped, you know, kind of, you know, kind of start It was off. a nice bloke that came on. Absolutely. Oh, sorry to miss that one, actually. I wish no, I'd been on great, that. And, you know, and, and it's great, you know, and I think podcasts are great to kind of get the message across. I mean, you know, to kind of, you know, really talk to the community, express what you're, what you're feeling. I think the PHP community, and another thing actually I'll say is that Crack Joe, uh, I'll make Joe Watkins, he's actually got a blog now. Um, and I've been reading it. It's a great blog. And I'll yeah, put it in yeah, show I've notes. seen that on Twitter actually. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, been, yeah. And, and he's putting stuff across and he's a really great guy and, and he knows his stuff and he's working yeah. really hard and stuff. So, you know, it, I think one of the things is it's to be good and to be clever, but it's also to get your point across. Um, and also to, you know, to under, get people to understand what's going on. How about you? How about you, Mickey? Have you got any uh, discussion topics? This is the big fifty, isn't it? This is the big fifty. Wow, we've oh, only just—that's the there's your title. Then, at least you haven't got to worry about the that. Big fifty. Oh, big uh... 50. <laughs> uh, no, I've. Uh, I'm basically useless this week. Sorry, I've got nothing. But, well, uh, um, well I, I'm yeah. sure. Actually, enjoyable. I can spark some. I can definitely. I've got a couple of things that I don't mind talking about just before the end. But I'm sure I'm going to yeah, spark sure. something off with you, sir. So. Obviously, mm. uh, so first things first, uh, I've been doing Swift stuff this weekend, uh, this week, yeah. and I found a great YouTube uh, user. I, you know, Mickey, uh, Lou, you know, you're very much into this, you know, finding people on YouTube that really do yeah. give valuable information. Um, it's yeah. Apple Programming the, is the username. Uh, I can't off the top of my head remember the actual guy who does it, but it's great resources. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of memory. <laughs> oh, God, this is funny. So memory uh, consumption issues. Right. We So with uh, like C programming and stuff, uh, you don't handle the stack. So so your memory is kind of, you've got the stack where all your variables go that, you know, that you're using inside of, a, say, a function or something. Uh, but then objects or memory that you want to persist goes into the heap. And you'll say, okay, I want to all- allocate, you know, this amount of memory or it's, or it's memory that you don't. So, so with the stack, you, uh, at compile time, you need to know how big that's going to be. So, you know, an integer is going to be 32 bits, et cetera, like that. But say like an array or an expandable array, say you want like an array that you can resize, like what PHP has pretty much, where you can yeah. say, I want to add this, add this, add this, delete that, that. So that will go on the heap and you need to obviously manage that memory saying, okay, well, it's this big now, then it's this big and stuff. So with, with, with C, you know, it's very much low level. You deal with that ML alloc, you know, free and stuff like that. And obviously with C++, it's uh, delete and new. And these keywords really do the same thing. You can also go backwards compatible because uh, it's just a superset. But then like Objective C has a similar type thing because it's just a superset of C again. Uh, where it's you know you have like you have allocate and in it and stuff like that and you can have like delete and release and it has this idea of um it's has this idea of retain and release so you have like a counter saying oh i need that guy and then you'll just add a pointer to it you know add a count to it and it will say okay it will keep it around until it goes to zero when it goes to zero they release that from memory uh that's called uh a reference counting and PHP has that as well I think I don't know whether PHP I think PHP has a garbage collector as well but we'll uh, I, I think it'd be awesome to get Joe Watkins on the show to talk about that but the yeah. thing that the uh, Objective-C inc- it started to adopt and now use probably about three or four years ago was something called ARC which is automatic reference counting uh, so where okay. you used to have to deal and handle memory yourself where you're saying, okay, so say I've got an object, uh, you know, I create an object, so I allocate the memory for that object, I then initialize the object, I do a call on the object, you then have to free it yourself. And, and in the languages that we deal with, we don't do that. 
you know, Java deals with it in a garbage collector way where it's just no thread. Uh, PHP, I think, deals with it reference counted, but I also think it has its own garbage collector, I think, if I'm right in, in saying, where, you know, we don't have to deal with memory, you know, and, and what actually happens and cleaning up after ourselves. We literally create what we want and then it will handle removing it. So automatic reference counting was the idea that what happened was that you would deal with it almost in a, in a manner that you didn't care, but actually under the scenes when it compiled it, it would inject the code that was needed to actually release the memory when you weren't using it and stuff, which is great. And I, and I used a bit of Objective C, but you know, I didn't use an, I didn't use a lot until I started using Swift. So with Objective C, these layers have kind of built up and up and up. And you know, you've got now this idea that you know you're just using automatic reference counting. Then we go to Swift, where Swift pretends to be a language that doesn't care at all about memory. But actually it does because it's just another layer. And, and this tangent will be over soon. It's to say this YouTube uh, user, you know, Apple programming was able, you know, to kind of get me to grips with what was happening under the scenes in, in Objective-C. So then realize, oh, that's the magic that all, it's just the syntactic sugar that Swift's using to hide the fact that it's still handling it, which is a bit of annoying. But yeah, he, really great uh, articles on there. Uh, sorry, videos on there. I can't, you know, express enough how much they've actually helped me this week. So it sounds like Swift is doing a lot of stuff under the hood for you, so you uh, you don't have to worry about it's, it. It's a bit annoying, because it's a typeset language. It has to deal with the fact that you're dealing handling types safely. Um, but the problem is, is that having memory... I mean, the, the whole idea is, so say I allocate some memory. I say I want uh, an array of 14 integers. So you, you get the size and say I just want to allocate you know, the size of 14 integers, you deal with that. What happens if I go over those 14 integers or what happens if I free it and then try and free it again called like a double free, you know, so I'm free in memory that I don't actually own anymore. It can be quite scary that you're what you're doing, you know, you have ultimate reign over the computer. So things like ARC and things like garbage collection, there's two different camps. I'll put them in the show notes or a couple of articles I wrote about them. But, you know, there are different ways of dealing with it. Garbage collection will happen, um, you know, in a time that you don't know. So you won't know indeterminate time where garbage collection will come and free the memory that you've already used. Whereas ARC will uh, free it the second you don't need it anymore. Um, so it's quite a lot of interesting things. Yeah, I agree. It's those kind of things that you know, keep you on your toes, isn't it? Absolutely. Stuff. Um, another one was actually this one, which is, um, so this is a practical Git introduction. And um, you get a lot of introductions to Git, but this one actually goes into each individual function that you're going to use in a very detailed way. And also how Git works under the hood. Um, so there's a lot of uh, like utility worker functions that are used. What what they do is they the functions that are used under the hood by all these function uh, higher level functions again composing like the Unix philosophy, uh, you know where like add will then call these functions. And I've actually got a blog post in the works, my blog first blog post in a long long time about this. And actually one of the things is actually creating a file in Git using like the Git you know architecture, which is just a simple key value store. Uh, it's actually a functional DAG which is a, di a direct async um, graph, which is really just clever words for saying that actually it's just a graph, you know, like files that link to each other in a certain way. Okay. But I, I, I will, uh, I think I'll hopefully finish writing that article next week where we can have a little discussion about it. But it's really interesting. A lot of people in the programming world, they love complicated ideas, but actually the hardest yeah. and, most, and the most rewarding and the most successful ideas are the simple ones. And that, yeah, I feel that a lot of people prefer mm. to go with the crazy, you know, like, oh, this is making me look clever. Whereas sometimes it's harder to make something that's just simple. Yeah. That's the art. That, that looks itself, like a guess, really good. That's that a very like comprehensive great article, article, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very, yeah. very in-depth article, but very, very, very interesting. Um, and finally, our friend Microsoft. Uh, so, what have they done? well, 
they've open source.net. Really? So good luck, wow. Java. <laughs> I mean it. What? Wait, what? They've open source.net. It's as open as Java is, if not more. Right. Yeah, well, people are still going to use Java. There's alternatives now. Microsoft have actually open sourced the .NET framework. Um, they did it with Roslyn already. They're going to make it so .NET will run on Mac OS X and Linux as well. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, well, Microsoft have opened... Yeah. This is a subject I can't input on. I, no, I well, the thing is, I mean, it's a very much, I mean, you know, one of those things where it's kind of crazy that they've actually done it. And I can only see good things ahead for it. I mean, I'm really glad that they have. Um, it's a great, I mean, C Sharp's a great language uh, and it's good to have competition. And if one of the things was, was that the fact it was closed source, it was the fact it was done by nasty Microsoft. Now, you know, Java's got more competition, well, got competition because those are the two virtual machines that people use the most. And if we can get it running on things like Linux, where that was the that was the stranglehold where Java was used on uh, you know obviously on Linux boxes and Unix boxes because that's all it could support. Now .NET may be able to run on it. How long we've got to wait until it will run on Linux? And uh, so they they did say I, I think they did say a couple of months or so. So we've still got a little time, but there is working, you know, they've been working heavily with the mono product uh, project, which is the runtime that was uh, currently do like it was almost like an unofficial uh, runtime that was able to be able to run these C sharp applications and, you know, .NET framework applications. So they, they haven't like, you know, all the hard work that people have put in, you know, event before they haven't like kind of literally just said, screw you. Uh, they've been quite nice with that. So no, I, I think it's really interesting. So, yeah, I thought I'd leave it it's on gonna that. Be, it's going to be buggy at first, though, right? I, I don't know. Right. You know what, Matt? I mean, the thing is, is that if it's got Microsoft... It depends how many years they've been planning this, I guess. Well, this is... I mean, a lot of... Dev- they, they said um, in their article that a lot of the .NET developers have been hoping for it for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, so... And, and it was only since this new guy has come in, uh, like the leader of it all, who has spearheaded the fact, yeah, we're doing this. So pretty damn cool. But yeah, I mean, that that's all I, I, I've rambled on for far too long here. I'm really sorry, guys. So uh, yeah, uh, anyone else got anything else to say? Oh, I think that was really interesting. I will definitely have a play of it when it, you know, uh, when I can play with it on OS X, definitely. I'll give it a go. It'd be a great opportunity to have a play with C Sharp and learn and use it properly. So I will, uh, yeah, definitely have a play. Awesome. But I, yeah, I don't think I, I have anything else to say. Well, I, I think it's been a great pod, guys. Uh, I'm really yeah. sorry, audience, about the audio lag and whatnot. Um, I'm going to hope in pre-post-production, I'm going to hope to do as much as I can to kind of make it look seamless. I'm sure there'll be a couple of bits you're like, <laughs> I'm swear Ed just edited that weirdly. Uh, I would have tried my best. Uh, one actually gripe is that Audacity is actually not supported by Yosemite. So yeah, actually Audacity isn't supported by Yosemite anymore. It, they have actually did their, their last supported version of OSX was uh, Mountain Lion. Oh no, Maverick. Sorry, uh, Maverick. So yeah, this is crazy. So now, I mean, I use Audacity still, but I may have to move over to GarageBand. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Anyway, yeah, cool. that, that, that's more of a post-production geeky sad thing for the podcast. But you know, it's been a great uh, podcast, guys. And yeah, I yeah. think like, that's all I've got to say. Nice. Really. How about you, Lou? Have you got anything else to wrap up on? Mick, we came here as friends, and I'd like to think we're leaving as friends. I'm oh, shaking so you've wrapped it up. You've wrapped up. You've wrapped up. You started off. You know, there was a bit of bickering. Closest of friends. Closest of friends. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Yeah, that was a great pod. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, all right, I then. feel well, like you two kind of uh, made it, but yeah, yeah. That's all right. Well, I it yeah, it's not like you're busy, you know, or anything, you know. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, audience, it's been great speaking to you. Well, speaking to you, I say, uh, you know, you listening to us yammer on without speaking you, at you, speaking at you, <laughs> uh, and we should be back next week. And have a good week. All right. Thanks Goodbye. For nice Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, Devs and a Maybe.